the Pentagon says it needs more money for Ukraine. Will European allies help take on more of a load to keep the fight going? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. So I urge this group to dig deep to provide Ukraine with more life-saving ground-based air defense systems and interceptors. And the Pentagon approved the B-21 bomber for low-rate production after successful tests. From the ground to the air, what do these developments mean for American defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. First up, the United States is out of money to send to Ukraine for the ammunition and missiles Kyiv needs to fend off Russia's invasion as fresh aid packages stall in Congress. It's the first time that's happened since Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin established an international group of roughly 50 countries to support Ukraine back in April 2022. Austin spoke yesterday to the group in opening remarks broadcast from his home where he's still recuperating after prostate cancer surgery. So let's be clear. Our support for Ukraine's struggle against tyranny makes all of our countries more secure. If we lose our nerve, if we flinch, if we fail to deter other would-be aggressors, we will only invite even more bloodshed and more chaos. The Pentagon announced its last security assistance package for Ukraine on December 27th. That $250 million package included 155mm rounds, Stinger anti-aircraft missiles, and other items from existing U.S. stockpiles. The U.S. has not been able to provide more munitions because Congress hasn't approved more funds for money to replenish those stockpiles. In light of these domestic issues, the Biden administration is looking to allies to help bridge these gaps in defense aid. On Tuesday, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg announced a new $1.2 billion joint contract to buy more than 222,000 rounds of 155mm ammunition. The U.S. has provided Ukraine more than $44.2 billion in security assistance since Russia's invasion nearly two years ago. About $23.6 billion of that was pulled from existing military stockpiles, and almost $19 billion was in the form of longer-term military contracts. An important note, even though funds have run out, some previously purchased weapons will continue to flow in. An additional $1.7 billion has been provided by the U.S. State Department in the form of foreign military financing. Another important story today, the Pentagon's acquisition chief said this week that the B-21 Raider is now in production. The Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition and Sustainment said he approved low-rate production for the Northrop Grumman-made stealth bomber last fall. He also said the B-21 team's, quote, mature plans for manufacturing, unquote, contributed to his decision to move forward on production. Here's why it matters. The Air Force plans to start fielding a fleet of at least 100 B-21 Raiders. The Raider is planned to eventually replace the aging B-1B Lancer and B-2 Spirit sometime in the 2030s and make up part of a planned two-bomber fleet along with 76 upgraded B-52J Strata Fortresses. The Raider is designed to use its stealth capabilities to carry out penetrating deep strike missions against advanced adversaries and can carry both conventional and nuclear weapons. Northrop Grumman has built or is in the process of building at least six test B-21s, including the first one. The B-21 program is expected to cost $203 billion over 30 years, and each bomber has an expected average procurement cost of $692 million. 
Also on your radar for today, a government watchdog report found that more than $50 million were improperly spent on Pentagon credit cards during the COVID-19 pandemic. For more on this, Pentagon Bureau Chief Megan Myers joins us. So Megan, first, could you just lay it out there? What is this program, when used appropriately at least, meant for? So the government purchase card program basically gives a cardholder the ability to purchase goods and services, you know, supplies, plumbing, for example, you know, whatever, whatever an organization, a unit might need, um, and then have that, you know, credit card be paid off by the Defense Department. Um, and in the case of COVID-19 during the pandemic, there were some finance maneuvers moved around so that people could A, spend a little bit more on the card if they needed to buy supplies. For instance, if they needed to stock, you know, hand sanitizer and disposable masks, things like that. And there were also finance mechanisms within the federal government to put more money toward paying for COVID-19 response so that these government travel cards wouldn't just be paid by the regular accounts. They could be paid off by emergency funds. Yeah. So take us through this issue then. The Pentagon Inspector General found that about $50 million were improperly spent. How did they say these millions of dollars were not spent properly? So the review found that there were about $240 million in purchases that were earmarked for COVID-19 response. But when they dug down into them, about $53 million of those were basically found to not be COVID-19 related. Um, I mentioned plumbing. That was uh, an army facility, had to hire a plumber, um, and somehow that that purchase got marked as a COVID as COVID response. It was not. And then another 52 million just weren't properly documented. And so the IG couldn't figure out what that stuff was at all. And so there was just a big finding of a lack of oversight, a lack of review at any lower levels to make sure that when these purchases were being made, they were what they said they were and that they were being paid from the correct account. And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. The White House said U.S. Southern Command Leader General Laura Richardson met with the president of Ecuador this week and that the U.S. is facilitating the delivery of more than $1 million worth of critical security and emergency response equipment. That includes ambulances and defense logistics support vehicles. Turkish legislators yesterday endorsed Sweden's membership into NATO, clearing a major hurdle for the previously non-aligned country's entry into the military alliance. Reuters reported that at least eight people were injured after a Myanmar military aircraft that was supposed to fly back overshot the runway of an airport in northeastern India yesterday. And yesterday, U.S. Africa Command announced that an airstrike on Sunday killed three al-Shabaab militants. They said no civilians were injured or killed. And on this day in history in 1965, Winston Churchill, the British Prime Minister who guided his country through the crisis of World War II, died. He was 90. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimonzi Perez. Today's episode featured stories by the Associated Press, Stephen Losey, and Megan Myers. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.